Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dallal. Phil, nice to be back with you at Breckenridge Breweries Farmhouse in Littleton. Always love coming out here on a Monday night. We're here every Monday, win or lose, uh, from 5.30 to about 6.15, uh, having a good time here talking about the Broncos. Uh, tonight, we happen to be talking about a loss. Just so happens. The Broncos uh, uh, had some struggles, a couple of mistakes. we got a lot to get into here uh, as we break down their game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Eric, of course, you were there. A lot of Broncos fans in the crowd there. Uh, it looked like the Broncos were heading toward another fourth-quarter comeback. I don't know about you, Eric, but when Russ dove into the end zone there, it certainly felt like things were heading that way. Yeah, Phil, I mean, they finally seemed like they got things together. They scored. Uh, this defense, which has talked all offseason about its need to go get that stop in a big moment. You thought it was going to happen. Raiders have a third and six, third and seven there, and you think this is the moment, and then they just couldn't quite pull it off. And I think, Phil, unfortunately, that's the lesson from this game is, is the Broncos can't keep leaving themselves in a situation where they need that fourth-quarter magic. It's got to start earlier. They've got to put together more complete games that's going to be the key to success as they move forward. We've got a lot to address over the next 45 minutes here, but we're also live on the Broncos YouTube page. Uh, if you're not in the Denver metro area, can't make it out to the farm home, make sure you check us out on the Broncos official YouTube page. This show is an interactive experience, so leave a comment there. We'll read it right here on the air, and then we'll answer it. Yeah, because I'm going to roll up my sleeves, Phil. I'm ready to, ready to get to work. We're experts. So yeah. we sort of know what we're talking about here, okay? So uh, leave a question, and we'll answer it. It's kind of a nice deal. Yeah, you, you of course, you said just get the stop and then score. It's not exactly. that hard. Exactly. I, I think that this game is uh, not as complicated as we always make it seem to be. The Broncos uh, scored a touchdown give to within two points. More than seven minutes left to go in the game. Of course, uh, a couple of plays there uh, by the Raiders really secured the victory for them. Yeah, and the, you know, the running game yesterday, the running defense was not what we've seen the first three games of the season. It's not what we've become accustomed to really during the start of this year. It, it's got to be better than that because I think 212 overall yards allowed to the Raiders. It's going to be hard to win football games like that. And, and Phil, they got worn down. The offense did not do a lot in the third quarter. They were not able to score uh, during that period, just one first down. And when that happens, you ask a lot of your defense, they had one goal line stand, but unfortunately not able to get that stop when it mattered. Um, and Bradley Chubb said, hey, we thought we were the best defense in this league. we got to make sure we go prove it every week. You can't have an off day like that. Yeah, uh, so we'll talk about the offense in just a second here, but let's focus on the defense here. Gave up a 100-yard rusher and a 100-yard receiver uh, with Devontae Adams uh, having a nice day, even though Pat Sertan did a nice job on him. But uh, Josh Jacobs, like you mentioned, over uh, 100 yards on the ground. If you want to be the best defense, you can't really do those things. And I don't know about you, Eric, but that was a bit of a surprise to me. The Broncos uh, coming into that game had given up about 80 yards a game on the ground. The Raiders not particularly good on the ground uh, coming into this one. But it was a different story, obviously. Vegas came into this game. Their game plan was to pound the ball. Yeah, and Josh Jacobs, for whatever reason, Phil, just 
he seems to come alive against the Broncos. May not have lived up to his first-round billing here during the start of his career, but, man, he is—he uh, looks unstoppable when he plays Denver. And Phil, there were, there were two drives in particular where you saw the run game really hurt the Broncos. It was the second drive of the game where the Raiders go down and they score a touchdown. Some very effective runs there. And then it was that, that second-to-last drive where they go down, they score the touchdown, push it back to nine points, which effectively ended the game. I know the Broncos had another possession, but that, that effectively did it. And it wasn't, it wasn't like there were massive breakdowns across the line of scrimmage. When you go back and look at it, it's just it's one guy being in the right place. It's on that third and one there near the red zone. It's Bradley Chubb not quite setting the edge. I mean, it, that's, it's these little things. And when you play a good football team, and I know they were 0-3, but three one-possession losses, Phil, and I think better than the record would indicate based on point differential. you got to make those plays, and there were probably 10 to 15 plays over the course of the game that, you know, if Randy Gregory just gets to Derek Carr before halftime and sacks him and doesn't allow him to run for 20 yards, the Raiders... <laughs> yeah, they just would have done that. <laughs> well, but just, it's, a, it's an inch here, it's an inch there, and the Broncos didn't make those plays, and that's why it looked the way it did. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because... You're facing a, a division rival. You're amped up. You want to go out there and get this victory. You want to make a big play on that third down and one and on the second to last drive. Chubb's thinking he's going to dive in there and make a big play. Well, he overcommitted there, and the play ends up bouncing on the outside on his end, and uh, he has to dive, and he can't quite come up with the play. So uh, things like that, those are areas where this Broncos defense needs to improve. We've seen – them in the first three weeks make these corrections you know they usually gave up one drive and then it it seemed to get corrected that just never happened against the Raiders well I mean in fairness they gave up three field goals from essentially the middle of the second quarter all the way there to the middle of the fourth quarter so they did their part but what what you need is complementary football and so if the defense holds the Raiders to a field goal you need your offense to be able to go out there and, and chew up four minutes, chew up five minutes, find a way to get a touchdown. And we, we talk about critical moments, obviously, Phil. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot. But the Broncos tie the game at 10. They force a three and out. They pick up a fourth and one, and boom, they're going to take the lead here. And then Melvin Gordon has the fumble. They return it for a touchdown. That's not complimentary football. That puts your defense in a bad spot. That puts your offense in a bad spot. And, and so I think overall, if you give up, so at that point, taking out the Melvin Gordon touchdown, which was not the defense's fault, the defense has given up about 20 points. You should be able to win that football game, I think, especially the way we thought this offense was going to look. You should be able to win that football game and score enough points. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, they gave up that long drive. They gave up a touchdown drive. They've got to be better. But the offense didn't do them any favors there in the third quarter or taking advantage when they could in the second. Yeah, it did seem like there were some big momentum possibilities there where the game could have swung. That goal line stand uh, where the Raiders have to kick a field goal there. If your offense comes back out onto the field after that and does something, then you're talking about a, a shift in the game there. And uh, that just never really materialized for the Broncos. Uh, it was it was like it was just not working on all cylinders like the Raiders missed their extra point and then the Broncos missed their extra point it just like seemed like every time it felt like the Broncos were going to take charge in the game something happened and uh, it ended up where the Raiders uh, walked away with a victory over the Broncos their fifth straight victory over the Broncos fifth straight the Broncos still have not won on the road against the Raiders since 2015 
Um, I believe it's now seven of eight. I mean, we, t- we talk about the Chiefs, Phil, and that streak. But for the Broncos to get to where they want to go, they've got to get better against the Raiders too. Well, There's they no they wear those win the West T-shirts. Well, if you're going to talk about it, you got to be about it, Eric. That's sort of my philosophy. You got to. That's be what about I do it. with this podcast. I talk about it, and then talking about it is sort of being about it. You got your T-shirt on underneath your nice button. Win down. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this shirt here. Mike Schill says uh, the brewery sounds bustling in the background today. But why do they never show us interact with the fans that are here in person? Okay, we got to show the backdrop. Yeah, we got to get a little okay. sponsor inclusion, Phil. Uh, sorry, that was the wrong comment. That I was Ben Swanson sending like a million comments here. Uh, it says, uh, "Are these talking heads intentionally wearing matching shirts?" That's the comment I was trying to get to. Sorry, the other one was nice too, though. Yeah, uh, I guess Mike Schill's got a problem. No, I, I. Uh you called me this morning. You said, I'm going to wear my uh, checkered shirt. Well, you we said we're feeling a little blue today. Normally, just like uh, the Manning cast, quarter Mondays zips. we wear quarter zips. Exactly. Okay. Well, we were feeling a little down. We were feeling down, Another, so we went with loss. the checkered. You know, Phil, I will say, the Broncos are 2-2, two and two, obviously. There's a lot of AFC teams that are 2-2. Two and two. They're kind of jumbled up in there. But it, it does feel different because of the expectations around this team because of the fact that you have lost a number of games in a row to the Raiders, and, and it felt like it, an opportunity to end that streak. And so it does for, for a 2-2 two and two team, Phil, the conversation's a little, it's a little negative. I will say in the NFL in general, it's such a week-to-week league. You win, things feel good. You lose, things feel bad. But if it's you tie. It's just such an up and down. You then you just sort of feel like you're just right down the middle. Right in the even Steven. Yeah, nothing gets you up, nothing gets you down. You're right in the middle. That's what happens. It's kind of a nice way to live. Mike Schill says, guy on the right rolled up his sleeves to try and look a little different. Yeah. I don't know. Can't look exactly. Though. I don't know. You know this Mike, Mike Schill guy? Mike Schill. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of upsetting here. Uh, Metambali, how does a mere fan find this stream on time? I spent 10 minutes refreshing the Broncos page, waiting for a link to show up. What is this secret? I don't want to miss a second of these geniuses. <laughs> Thanks, Menabali. I know that that was sincere. Of course. Yeah, so uh, much like how we end around 6.15, we also start right around 5.30. <laughs> yeah, when you were refreshing the stream for 10 minutes. Eric was in a panic yeah, trying was, to get this shirt on. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then B. Malik says that the injuries to Javante Williams and Randy Gregory say it all. Season over. Okay, let's calm down a little bit. Here. You commenting there? No, that's not me commenting. Oh, that's got normally it. my sort of my thought that's process. That's your thought process. You go right to negative town. Right to uh, the extreme, too. Yeah. I would not say season over. No. Let's uh, update everybody, though, uh, in case you haven't uh, heard the news. Javante Williams, uh, multiple injuries to that knee. He's going to be out for the season. Uh, much worse than just an ACL, though, Eric. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. Feel really bad for him. Uh, that's the type of thing you hope he can be ready for next season, but it's, it sounds like a very severe injury. Uh, I would say, actually, Eric, at this point, you just hope to just give him as much time as it yeah. needs because uh, uh, typically in the past, an injury of this magnitude, you're just hoping he gets back on the field, period. Yeah. I mean, just, what, what a bummer. It didn't look terrible no. when it happened. but That's how the knee, some of these knee injuries, they just don't look like anything like Sterling Shepard a week ago just running down the field yep. boom torn ACL 
He wasn't so, even changing directions. But no. So yeah, you've really feel bad for Javante. Such a good kid, got a, a great head on his shoulders. You know, you think that uh, the sky is the limit for him, and then you have an injury like this, and you're just saying. Gosh, I really hope that he's able to make it back. And hopefully, uh, you know, if he goes about this the right way, we could see that potential that uh, so much of us were looking forward to seeing this year. Yeah, and Phil, you, of course, you've been to Javante's hometown. You've seen Wallace how, Ro- Rose Hill. How, how uh, hard he's worked to get to this North point. North Carolina, yeah. So very, very dif- disappointing. Let, let's start there with the running back position. Okay, Phil. well, then we can talk we'll about come Randy back to Gregory. Randy. Um, just That's a tease. That's a nice tease. It's not as severe of an injury. Javante is a difficult back to replace, especially because of what he did yesterday, Phil, in pass protection. And there was one play Russell threw down to, to Jerry down the right sideline. Javante blew somebody up there in the pocket. But I, I would expect Melvin Gordon to be the guy that mainly replaces him. We heard Nathaniel Hackett saying we expect Melvin to rebound from his issues with fumbling. I think it's now five fumbles in his last 44 touches. Right. Something something crazy like that it's it's not just the fumbles it happens to be that when he fumbles well it gets scooped and it's going the other way for a touchdown yeah i don't know I don't, that that's, that's his, not his fault but it's like uh, no, they're yeah. not just uh fumbles they're like game-changing fumbles that's true i don't know why that happens to him but it just does why me those are a fact but what, what i will can say can you name them can I name the fumbles? Yeah, for the for the returns. For yeah, touchdowns. one one happened yesterday, Phil. One happened yesterday. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. The last game of last season. Of course, the Broncos leading by one point against the Chiefs, going in for what looks like another touchdown. Fumble returned uh, the other way. The Broncos lose that game. Yes. And then you remember the the, the last Philadelphia one? Eagles. Darius Slay. Yes. That's the a famous Teddy Bridgewater play. You are in negative I'm keeping town. it real here today on the neutral zone. Continue. That's your third? <laughs> you had a few of those pumpkin ales, huh? I think this is an Oktoberfest, not a pumpkin ale. I, uh, I will say this about Melvin. It, it seems like the whole offseason and training camp, he was very – he was thinking a lot about who was going to be the starter, who was going to get these carries. You know, who uh, was going to be used in certain circumstances. A lot of guys say, oh, you can't worry about that stuff. you got to just go out and play. It was clear that Mel- it was on Melvin's mind. And so what I wonder is, because he's fumble, I think it's clearly there's, it's partially a mind thing. And so I wonder with Javante now out for the season, if Melvin almost like doesn't have to worry about that anymore and he can just go play football and not worry about hey, am I going to start here or am I going to go in here or am I going to you know, be counted on in the red zone and just forget about that and just go play football and maybe, maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe that helps clean up some of the fumble issues. Because uh, I, I think it's more mental than physical. Well, and I, I would say that now at this point after the, the troubles here, the mental side of it is even going to be worse just because the next time he carries the ball, it's going to be in his mind well, there. Well, he carried the ball after the fumble. Yeah, he bounced off of a off the lineman there and he and narrowly then, avoided a safety. That's what he that, So the next That next, was not good. The next next time he touches the ball. The next time uh in the next game here against the Colts, I'm assuming he'll get a carry. Uh all indications seem like the Broncos will continue to use Melvin Gordon. I would think he'll start is my guess. The Colts no doubt will be like we don't need to tackle this guy. We need to strip the ball. 
I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, that is a scouting report on him now. He's just got to be better. Uh, I heard Nosha Moreno on the radio, Eric. He said that Melvin's elbow is leaving the side of his ribcage a little bit. So some of it may actually be technique where you got to clean some of these things up here well, where you're not coughing up the ball. Right, and not that I want to to discount what a, a former professional running back said because they well you know more they certainly okay, you, know, you certainly know, know more. more than me but what i'll say is that i think you see these fumbles from melvin in situations where he's trying to do too much sometimes you're trying to do a little sometimes too much sometimes you try to do a little too much you get into trouble out. you get into trouble against the seahawks for example he tried to extend for the end zone in that situation it's fourth down i think it makes sense why he did it but that's why he fumbled and in this case he didn't play a snap through the first quarter and a half it's clear that he went out there, I would think, being like, I, I got to make something happen here. And so he picks up seven yards. Instead of just going down, he tries to lunge backwards for a couple more, and boom, the ball's exposed now. It gets punched out. So, Some of that is technique, where you're, well, where you're lunging and the ball's up. Well, but he's, I, think that that te- I think that technique is happening because he's trying, he's pressing a little bit, I think. Yeah, that's possible. And so if he doesn't have to to worry about hey is if i don't do well on this carry is javante going to come in for the rest of the quarter if he doesn't have to worry about that i wonder if it if it just helps him a little bit I, the to just to like talk about the running back situation the carries were not as lopsided as maybe we were initially thinking heading into the season like all indications were that javante was just going to dominate the carries heading into the season that was just not the case through the first four games here no but yesterday they were they were lopsided. He was getting a lot more, especially yeah. obviously just, before the injury. And, and plays in general. Um, I don't know what, if it was a game plan thing. Melvin was listed as limited last week with a neck injury and was questionable. I don't know if they were trying to save him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, we could just, but every time Melvin went to the podium or every time Melvin talked in a scrum, it was about how he was being used or who yeah. was getting those reps. And so it might not have seemed, and this is a guy too, Phil. I know he split last year, which he I don't think he was a huge fan of, but it's a guy that for the first six years of his career... He's been splitting he carries. A, right, but he was a starter. He was getting more. Oh, yeah. Like, but that think, competition with Philip Lindsay was always in the back of his mind, too. Yeah, but he got 100 more carries than Philip Lindsay that year. He was worrying about that, though. He, but, mean, and yes. he's been worrying about the Austin Eckler when he was in uh, with the Chargers. You know, I mean... Well, here's a chance where maybe he doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. But he... The Broncos... The run game has not been good enough. Yeah, I was going to say, even with Javante out there, the running game had not been living up to the expectations coming in this season. No, and some of it, Phil, was missed assignments, I think, watching back. Some of it was one-on-one you know, breakdowns, especially, I think, toward the interior of the line. This scheme is so dependent on you getting out and running to that linebacker and being able to put a body on him, put a helmet on him. And the Broncos, there were times where they'd toss it wide to Javante and – they just they couldn't get to that second level in time, and boom, it's a four-yard loss. And now instead of second and seven, you're looking at second and 14. And that puts you behind the chains in a way that the Broncos can recover from sometimes. I mean, I think they're better in third and long than they were certainly the last few years, but it's, still, it's just not sustainable. And so whether it's personnel, I mean, Quinn Miners listed as a, a non-participant today. It doesn't seem like he's trending for this week, but they got to figure out a way to, to get some better blocking and get these guys some yards before contact because Josh Jacobs on the other side, Phil, there were plenty of carries. He wasn't touched until he was three yards down the field, whereas it yeah. seemed like with Javante, even when he was getting through, 
there were maybe two or three carries where he would get, he would get to that second level. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was asked about the Broncos' offensive line earlier today. He still sounded like he was confident in this unit that you know he felt like they were going to get the job done. Eric, I, I recall just off the top of my head one play where they tried to set up a screen. Look, the timing on some of these screen plays this season has not quite been there where either the ball, the receiver is way too far ahead and they can't set up the blocks. Sometimes the linebackers are too close. But one that pops into my mind from yesterday, Cushenberry, the center, is expected to get off the ball and get onto the linebacker in that second level. And it just doesn't happen. Uh, the receiver gets tackled there for what could have been a big gain, but that, that one play doesn't materialize. That's asking too much from Cushenberry. He, he's never going to be able to make that play. Well, I don't know if he's never going to be able to, but you got to find a way to, to help your guys if it's calling if it is calling something that's more in their wheelhouse. But yeah, put it, these players in a position to succeed. I mean, Cush is a, is a great center, I think, but asking him to snap the ball and then get all the way over to the side there and get onto the second level, he's not going to make that play against a lot of linebackers in this league. Well, but I think the other thing too is. If your play-action passing game, if you go to it a little bit more, if you're throwing the ball down the field, so the linebacker has to be a little bit deeper, then all of a sudden you've got an extra step or two to get to the linebacker. If they know that you're throwing short of the sticks or you're, you're throwing a screen pass or, or you're going to do something close to the line of scrimmage, that linebacker starts creeping down. Now it becomes that much harder to get to him. And so I don't know that the play design is flawed like in principle, but what I will say is the Broncos have to do a better job Everything's connected, and so if you don't hit on a long passing play, they're going to creep up. They're going to challenge you until you make something happen. Um, and that, you know, Phil, to be honest, that's probably why the Broncos found some success to KJ Hamler, to Jerry Judy, um, to Kendall Hinton, because they were they were coming down. They were saying we d- we're daring you to beat us over the top. They did it a few times, just just not enough until late in the game. Yeah, I mean that Hamler play, that was like a 55 yard play, I believe. It was like that. If you take away those 55 yards, the Broncos' offense in the second half, just 58 yards. So when I do the, if they'd sacked him, it's not, you're like, that doesn't count, but you're doing the opposite. I'm saying the rest of the plays in the second half, not good. You take away. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And I, I think that uh, Nathaniel Hackett brought that up today. He was saying, look, we just didn't have enough plays out there. Hard for this yeah. offense to get into a rhythm. They had a lot of, uh, you know, three and outs, five play drives, that sort of thing, especially in the second half. The Broncos defense was out there for a long time. I think that the Broncos had 12 first downs in this game compared to 25 from the Raiders. That's, that is lopsided, Eric. We got this little piece of paper right here. You're looking at it. I got it memorized. It's in your brain. It's in my brain. Uh, I think that they were three of 11 on third down. That's correct. Okay, I've memorized the game book. What was their net punting average? I don't care about that. <laughs> okay? What, what, I care about the third downs. What I, yeah, what I'll say is that the Broncos, in general, did not make the key plays they needed to make in the key moments. And so whether that was a critical third down, offense or defense, whether that was following up a long pass to Jerry Judy by getting it in the end zone, whether that was um, – you know, finding a way to stop them on that last drive, whether it was, heck, even making an extra point, like just following up on success with another successful play, they didn't do that. And I did think if you look overall, the Broncos had several chunk plays in this game. Like 
I thought in general it's the best Russell Wilson's looked. Most definitely. It's the best the offense has looked in the red zone. It's the best that, in general, I thought they've looked at in terms of that unit. But the next step is it can't just be sometimes. And I know it's not going to be all the time. That's not how the NFL works. These guys get paid too. It's John Fox. Yeah. On the coaching staff of the next opponent. That's true. Facing a former head coach. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, but the next step is making sure that you can stack those. Or you go out and you get a touchdown. Next time you get the ball, go get another one. Put these games away when you have the chance. Because you look back at the first quarter, the Broncos go up, what, 7-3? Seven seven to three? If you force a three and out there and you score, I think the Raiders start thinking, here we go again. And the Broncos just, instead, they allowed a long touchdown drive. And so they're not quite able, they're not quite there yet. And the Raiders uh, could have been thinking that, but then it ended up the Broncos, here we go again. Well. As in, as in five consecutive losses to the Raiders. Well, I, I will say in, in previous years, Phil, Melvin Gordon fumbles that football, gets returned for a touchdown, which that's not even a hypothetical. That's just happened. Last year, yep. twice. I don't think the Broncos respond in oh. that situation. I think there's something about having Russ there where they quickly went down the field and scored a touchdown. It's not like it was like three drives later they did it. No, no, it was the no, next right, drive. Right away, big play to Kendall Hinton. Because um, there has been this notion out there that yesterday felt like a lot of the previous years. You, you disagree. You disagree. I think the end of the game did in terms of the defensive the way they went defensively, offensively, I don't. I think it's different because of the ability to respond, because of the ability to go get that that big touchdown. If this offense, Phil, in previous years faced a first and thirty, just punt the ball on first down. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. And so yeah. they do have this ability. And Russ, man, he scrambled on. It was what third and nine. He scrambles for twelve yards. The drive before he's laying out for a first down, or that was sorry, that was the one where uh, Melvin fumbled. But he's, yeah, he's laying out to get an extra yard. He's running a read option play to score a touchdown. Like again in the fourth quarter, that looked like what you like vintage Russ. I mean, he was sort of forced to get into that mode a little bit, if if you ask me. Well, but you yeah. last week you said, can they? I'd find like a- to get that. I'd like to get him into that, but not have him forced into that. Nuance. You're nuance, fu- Eric. You love you're, nuance. You're full of it. Yeah, you love full nuance. Of nuance. Yeah, uh, Eric. We should remind people that uh, we are live at Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. That's right. We're here in Littleton off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane every Monday from 5.30 to about 6.15. That's right. And the comments are filling up over there, huh? And we're also live on the Broncos' official YouTube page, and we're getting a lot of comments. Should we get to some of them, Eric? Maybe the good ones. Let's start with the the fun ones ones here. What's the neutral zone schedule for this week since it's a Thursday night game? Good question. Who asked that? Maybe like uh, this one. Oh, uh, Anthony Bomer. Uh, maybe lunchtime on Wednesday. Lunchtime on Wednesday. That's what it's projecting like. That's, yeah. That's, unless Question, you, it's questionable. You might not come back from lunch on a Wednesday. Sometimes you go out. Yeah. You, know, you have a nice big lunch. I'm like, is Eric going to come back? Right. Hopefully this Wednesday you do. Lunch is essentially the only time I leave the office. It's true. Uh, Mackenzie Ferenkopf. A new commenter? Who, yeah. Who is your favorite Bronco you've spent time with uh, since you've been in Denver, besides Peyton and Vaughn? You can't say Peyton or Vaughn. Man, just right off the top. Yeah, ruling two of them out. Yeah, who's your favorite Bronco? You want to go first? You've been here longer. Well, I was going to say, for you, definitely Justin Simmons. I like Justin Simmons. Yeah, 
Good guy. Yeah, yeah. Good guy, Justin. I would say maybe for me, Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. That's a, a guy we did a hometown visit with him. Bixby, Bixby. Oklahoma. Uh, spent a lot of time around his family and stuff. We did some stuff with him here. Spent a, long, a lot of time with Chris outside of the building. Yeah. He, that's where you really get to know a guy. Of course, our guy, Phil. Yeah, who's that? Trev. Trev. We spent some time. We did a hometown visit with Trevor Trev. Trevor Simeon. He's a Cats guy. He's a Cats guy. He's a Cats guy. Uh, and then Mike Schell says, Eric is almost done with his beer early in the show, drinking away the sorrows of the big L. Get that man another one. It's a good beer, Phil. You know Mike Schell? I don't know. That's what you like come to maybe. expect uh, at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Adamant Faker. We have one of the best deep balls QBs in, the, in recent history. Are we s- utilizing him enough? Are we utilizing the deep ball with Russ enough? Because it did seem like he was right on the money with the Hamler. Uh, I remember they had uh, a free play with too many men on the field uh, from the Raiders. Took, Took a shot. another shot to Hinton there. Uh, it seems like that's a good way to keep the defense playing honest. Yeah, I mean, so what? They wrestled through the ball 25 times. Yep. Fact check correct. Four of them, Phil, were for more than 25 yards, including the deep shots. I mean, that's... That's what we consider a, a big play, right? About, 25 yards. That's about 20%, a little less than 20%. That's pretty good. 16%, that's I pretty, think. They must have listened to the neutral zone last week So we were talking about I do that. think they, they took shots there. I think the key is, Phil, they were really close to turning a couple of those into touchdowns. Like the Jerry Judy one, if he had just stayed on his feet, which he got – I don't know. I think the, uh, the Raiders' defender kind of clipped his heel as he fell. You mean on the touchdown? No, not on the touchdown. Oh. On the, he rolled in on the completion there. there where the Broncos had to kick a field goal in the red zone. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The the Raiders defender fell, and as that happened, he clipped Jerry Judy. And so instead of being a touchdown, Broncos now have to run more plays. So hopefully they can they can turn some of these big plays into scores. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. They got to they gotta hit the big play. It would have been nice to see Hamler just run right into the end zone. Fortunately, the very next play – Russ runs it in, but building on it, hitting the big play, capturing that momentum, and uh, keeping it going here. All right, uh, uh, a few more questions here. Uh, Mark Horning says, I'm concerned about our blocking. The first couple of plays, our guys didn't get to their spots fast enough. It was scary bad, is what he says. Mm. I don't well, know. It's spooky season. That's right? true. We talked about that a little bit, Phil. Season. I mean, they, yeah. they, they do have to be better up front. Um, pass protection, I think, have been – we haven't talked about that yet. There were some individual breakdowns in terms of, like, the first Max Crosby sack where he looped inside. Or, excuse me, not the Max Crosby sack. They're, they sent their nickel. Uh-huh. And he looped inside and got Russ. Well, Mike Boone steps up, and instead of getting the guy to he the left. He just missed that. He missed it. And so some individual assignments that maybe weren't uh, completely Execute it correctly. Correct. And you, you'd like to think it, it's hard on a short week, Phil. You don't get the chance to practice at full speed, but you hope that you're able to correct those as the season goes on. Uh, and uh, that, listen, that's especially at a running back. That's one of the, the downsides of losing Javante Williams is you lose your pro. best pass protector. But I'll say they have Mike Boone on the field a lot on third down. Yep. So you would think that a guy he's been in the league a while now, he'd be able to pick that up. Maybe there was just a, they just disguised it well or something. Uh, I will say, do you think that, you know, in the preseason, in training camp, the Broncos rotated these guys on the offensive line a lot, 
They never really gelled as a unit there. On the Max Crosby play, it's a simple stunt where he comes around, comes right up the middle. Cam Fleming and Graham Glasgow on the right side there. They haven't spent that much time playing together. That's something where you would think that if those two guys had this chemistry down, they'd be able to pass their guy off and be able to pick something like that up. That's what good offensive lines do. Not able to uh, execute that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, the Broncos, for the first part of training camp, well, one, you're still waiting on Billy Turner to get back. That's the guy that you would like to be your right tackle, presumably. And what do we think's happening there? So that, maybe that's a Wednesday podcast. Oh, okay. I don't know what – he was limited today, I believe, estimated. So maybe he could return Working this week. We'll have back. to see. But, uh, yeah, he did not practice last week, I believe. Okay, so, so he didn't play in training camp. They had Calvin Anderson in there for a long time. And then after the Cowboys joint practice where Micah Parsons kind of – he had a big practice – that's essentially when it turned to Cam Fleming. So then you have Cam Fleming in there with Quinn Miners, and you're trying to build that chemistry, and you build that chemistry, and then boom, Quinn Miners goes out in the Seattle game. And so you're right, you've had, what, two and a half games here with Cam Fleming and Graham Glasgow, but that, at least in my mind, I know they didn't rotate toward the end of training camp and really the second weekend on as much as, like, there was a competition with Muti and uh, and Reisner and Muti and Miner. That stopped pretty quickly. Yeah. And so these guys have worked together a decent amount. It's just that the injuries at that position, that's one of the things that happens. All of a sudden, you've got Graham Glasgow next to Cam Fleming. You're right. That, that should have been one where Graham Glasgow passes a guy off. Now he's back to Crosby. And instead, he gets a free run at Russell Wilson. Boom, ends the drive. Uh, talking about injuries, Nathaniel Hackett you know, mentioned that today. Gregory, uh, which uh, we, we do need to mention here, uh, he's going to have a scope done on his knee. They'll find out a little bit more, but the ACL is intact. He is going to miss a little bit of time, and uh, after they find out exactly what's going on, they'll consider maybe IR, which short-term IR, which means for at least four games. At least four. Yeah. It, uh, no, go ahead. They, I mean, this is a uh, one you need a lot more from Bradley Chubb. He's been decent to start the season, three sacks, uh, one forced fumble, I believe. But he, he's got to step up here. He's got to have a big four-game stretch or whatever it is. And then, Phil, you know, we talked about Baron Browning's potential. you got to see it. He doesn't have a sack yet. I know yep. you expected a big year from him. He's a chance for him to get that going. Nick Bonito, a guy that was has just been active the last couple of games after being inactive. Not really playing much, though. He, yeah, he got a few snaps after Gregory's injury. But he's going to be called upon quickly. He's got to improve in the run game. And then... It's those two guys right now because Jonathan, Jonathan, Cooper, Jonathan Cooper is injured right now. Uh, Aaron Patrick is in the concussion protocol. And so, and Aaron Patrick played meaningful snaps yesterday. So you've gone from this being a position of depth to all of a sudden you need Baron Browning to step up or you need a, a jump here from Nick Benito. I'm interested to watch because this it's a little bit of a, it's a question mark. Eric, when I just think about this in my mind, Uh-oh. sometimes I tend to do that. I get scared. I don't know if this is just bad luck or if or what's going on oh. here, but when you think about the injuries across this team through just four weeks of the season, just think about it across the board here. Kwan Williams has a broken thumb. He's playing with a cast. Uh-huh. Okay. Justin Simmons has been on short-term IR. Here. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Josie Jewell has been injured. Jonas Griffith has been injured. Well, he got injured in the preseason. Jonas but Griffith has missed no games. He got injured at one point, though, okay. in the, in the uh, preseason we're unsure. He made it back for the regular season. But okay. he has been injured. 
Sure. Okay. Uh, Pat Sertan has been injured. Okay. DJ Jones has been injured. Draymond Jones has been injured. Randy Gregory injured now. Okay. I'm not saying missed time, but they've had injuries. They've been on the injury report. Uh-huh. There have been concerns whether or not they've been able to play. Fortunately, DJ Jones was able to play. On the offensive side of the ball now, we're talking about Javante Williams, Quinn Miners. Billy Turner has not seen any action. Uh, I mean, you could just keep going and going. Jared Judy missed a half. Do you need me here for what? this? What is going on? <laughs> Phil, it's the NFL. Everybody plays hurt. They are. They actually, knock on wood, have not had, with the exception of Javante, or with yesterday's game, they've not had actually very many long-term injuries. It just seems like a lot of things building up. I, I think, just I think if you games. look at these teams across the league, a lot of teams are dealing with stuff. It's, just, it's a physical game. It's a violent game. Um, you know, you, you hope you're able to avoid these long-term injuries to key guys. But listen, Josie missed two weeks, and now he's back. Jonas, like you said, was able to make it back. Pat Sertan missed, missed one, half. one half of football. Jerry, Jerry Judy, Judy missed, missed one half. half of football. The Broncos have also dodged a couple of bullets here in terms of losing those guys. And so it, it's one of those things. It's why you build a 53-man roster. It's why you need good depth. It's one of the things that you – like why George Payton is considered a good talent evaluator because he's able to find guys to replace uh, these injured players. But it's just the nature of the NFL. And, and Phil, when you get down to the end of the season, every team has something they're dealing with. And that's why a lot of – This is four weeks in. It's four weeks in, but you don't know how the next four weeks go. Um, Maybe they're just taking their lumps now. It's possible. Later in the season, they'll be healthy, ready for the run. Well, you do have – you're getting Justin Simmons back in one week, we think. Greg Dulcich. Michael Ojemudia, if you need him to step in, is available soon. Although Damari Mathis – Yeah, he's been – He's been good. He's been good. I don't know if you – in a reminder, you get eight spot, you get eight players who can return off IR. It's not like it was last year where everybody – Infinite. Everybody. I mean, we, we activated Ben Swanson off IR. Yeah, he played a little bit, right? Special yeah. teams or what? I think eighth corner. Uh, oh, yeah. He was a gunner, I think, uh, a couple of times. That would explain a lot. It took a long time to get down the field, but he did it. <laughs> okay, uh, a few more questions here. Uh, Mike Schill, once again, uh, he wants to know what kind of things change in the game prep because it's a short week, Eric. Uh, how, how does the Broncos' uh, schedule change this week? Well, you're not going to be physical, obviously. No practice today. Nathaniel Hackett said a couple of walkthroughs tomorrow. And then maybe a light practice on Wednesday. It's, it's a, big, a mental week. It's a mental week. It's a big benefit to play at home on Thursday night because you don't have to get on a plane. Listen, Phil, they, they take care of you on these charters. You Back in your younger years, you used to travel. It's nice on there, huh? Yeah, you, they set you Stretch up. Stretch out a little bit. But it's steak. But still, if you're if you're a big guy, you're a, you're a defensive lineman, it's battling a You don't want to get calf. on there. You don't want to fly. You fly up there and Pressurize swells up there. a little bit. Oh. You don't like that. So... Being at home, sleeping in your own bed, getting treatment all week, that's a, that's a big advantage. And so I do think there's some sort of, I don't know the winning percentage off the top of my head, but home teams fare better, better in these Thursday, Thursday night. night games. So an advantage here for the Broncos. The Colts are obviously beat up. Shaq Leonard not going to play. Jonathan Taylor may not play. Shaq Leonard returned to the lineup last week. Boom, immediately out again for the Colts. Yeah, he's got a concussion, Phil. He had the Colts. Yeah, but he had back surgery before that? Yeah. That's a loss for them. It is a loss. He's a good player. Jonathan Taylor, they did get good news on him. 
might be able to go Thursday. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a mind games. Oh, you think so? You yeah, don't I'd think? Be, so? I'd be surprised. But really, I've been wrong one time before. Oh, I can't remember a time. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Oh, okay. you want to remember it? Yeah. Uh, Mark Horning says, "Uh oh, Phil's thinking again. Eric, save him." <laughs> Mark, I'm trying. What? What? That's why I was gonna make a joke. Say, "Hey, it's a mental week. That's bad news for me." That could have been a nice one. You could have jabbed me there, but you didn't do it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jim Boone, what's the secret to getting the offense to click? What happened to the best defense in the NFL? That's kind of two questions in one there. Two very different questions in one. Yeah, not really related. What's the secret? To, you got some secret sauce? No, I do think you're seeing signs that it's starting to come together. They're letting Russ, I think, more and more do what he does best. I think that ultimately is going to be the the key to this football team, Phil, especially with Javante going down. They wanted to be a running football team. They're still going to have to run the ball. But the, the key to this, I think, Phil, is, look, you traded for Russell Wilson for a reason. you got to let Russ go do what he does. What is it that he does? He scores tubs. He cooks. And he gets wins. He does cooks. he cook? Well, I've, we found out this week that he doesn't have just one chef. Two chefs. Two chefs. Well, he was asked if he cooks, and then he just for, went to color bars. Yeah. And then the fr- he said uh, when the first chef needs a break, you bring in the second chef. Dr. Dre. Yeah, Andrea is her name. Yeah. Yeah. She is a surgeon, is what he says, in the kitchen. What was, what was that on? That was on KJAC TV. Got it. He gets the real stuff out. Does he believe in aliens? I haven't asked him that. Oh, okay. That's a different segment. Different thing. Aliens is a completely different segment than KJAC TV. Oh. Do you believe in aliens? It seems like it would fit. Sure, yeah. Let's just get you on record right now. We're not here here alone. You kind of have to be. I am sure. Okay. Yeah, we're not here alone. It's a big world, big universe. Big world. I don't think there's aliens on this world. So uh, I think, uh, what was it, Mark Horning? I think that Eric is starting to think it. It's not good. You never see men in black, We'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, um, Big E Bronco says, you guys are talking about the deep ball, but Russ needs time to throw the deep ball. The receivers need to break open. Uh, how, how do you think they could do that? You know, maybe play calling, you know, keep these guys a little bit off balance, and then maybe you could set up a, a deep shot where, when the defense isn't expecting it. Well, I, I liked – I'll say this. The Broncos had a couple of chances, Phil, where they got either – like they had a big return, I think, on one of them, and then boom, next play, 20 yards down to seem to Sauber. Or uh, that was a nice throw. Nice throw. Both Sauber and Corlin Sutton are you breaking in okay? there. That was nice. Phil doing a compliment. It's, uh, a, it's a rare occurrence here. What was it you were saying about Eric Sovereign earlier this morning? That we he's our best about, tight end. Yeah, he is our best tight end. He is. Alberto, one offensive snap yeah. in the game. That's interesting. Greg Dolce is returning this week. Maybe I thought, it, he'll I thought be the able snap was fine. You don't have to describe it that way. One good snap? Yeah, it was one good snap. Yeah. Uh, another example... Russ hits Kendall Hinton down the, down the left sideline. And then immediately, boom, Jerry Judy touchdown. Going right at it. I think that, that was a nice, those are the nice aggressiveness flow. speed it up a little bit. Don't let the defense have time to reset, to react. That's a good plan for the Broncos. Yeah, that's one thing that the Raiders did a nice job of. Uh, they did some, uh, I wouldn't call it the hurry up. It's what the, it's what the Broncos used to do with Peyton. We were close. Hurry up to the line of scrimmage, then say, okay, hold on a second. Assess what's going on. But what it does is it limits the ability to uh, 
get guys off the field for the defense. It kind of keeps a pass rush. Those guys are a little winded. You keep going like that. That is something that maybe the Broncos can do here to uh, keep opposing defenses at bay. You can find Phil on the Raiders YouTube channel every week. He talks about how great the Raiders are. Isaac Browning just says, aliens, question mark. Russ has two personal chefs, question mark. Yeah, we answered just both of those. Both of those were answered. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark Horning again says, uh, easy to beat up the team right now. Some guys are balling out. The defensive line in the secondary. I will say the Broncos are 2-2. Two and two. This is not time to hit any sort of a panic button. Like we mentioned earlier, this is an up-and-down type of a league. You can't just ride the roller coaster and get too high, go too low. You gotta, Like Russ says, you just got to keep that confidence. It's unwavering. Yep. You got to do it. They'll be okay, Phil. I mean, this is, this is a football team that has a really good quarterback, and when you have a really good quarterback and a, Anything's good, possible. And a good defense, you're going to be in it. I think the Broncos have – we'll talk more about this upcoming game on Wednesday, allegedly, but I think the Broncos have a really good chance of getting a win here. Um, and then you, you see what happens. You get another division road game after that. All season long, though, Phil, I think this, it's going to be a, a conversation of uh, of just being in that playoff mix. I mean, it seems like – and we'll see what happens. Maybe the Broncos click completely, but it, it seems like they're in this wild card mix and they're going to have to yeah. just put it together, find a way – and listen, it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy to get to the playoffs. I know we, we talked before the season, and we, we talked about how great everything could be, how great the offense could be. But when we projected records, we still said 10-7, and 11-6. <laughs> Eric, it's funny that you mentioned the records because I was looking at my sheet today. It's, it's exactly what you said it would be, it right? It is. I said loss, win-win-loss. And when, I, and when I did it before the season? Go back and look. I said, <laughs> I said win-win-loss-loss. And so I... I thought the same. Right I thought two and it, two. exactly. This is exactly what I thought would happen. And I, listen, I don't think the Broncos are going to go fifteen and two. There, there are more losses they're going to have to rebound from. But I think to have a guy like Russ, who he knows how to win, he knows how to. You see these guys coming to the post game press conference yesterday, Phil. Bradley Chubb's really upset. Corlett right. Sutton is upset. Which, listen, you want that from these guys. You don't want them to not care. But Russ comes in, and it's not that he calm. It's not that yeah. It's not Confidence. that he doesn't care. It's that he. He just knows they're going to be okay. Positivity. Because he's done this for 10 seasons and has made the playoffs eight times. He knows that you lose football games. He knows you figure things out along the way. And so, yeah, he goes up there and, and you know, it he's like. It oozes out of him. We got to be better in the third quarter. We hurt ourselves, but I'm not worried. No. And there, there have been times, Phil, the last few years, the Broncos have seemed like maybe they've panicked. Breaking or they've been, point. They've been worried. I don't get the sense that they're going to they're gonna hit that. Yeah, it just seems like he knows this is a journey. He knows this is a journey. Uh, throwback, throw TBT, throwback to when? I don't TBT. What? TBT, this is from Mark Schill, Mike Schill. TBT to when? I don't know if you did that right. Anyway, Eric <laughs> admitted on a previous podcast that he had tons of cult stuff on the walls in his childhood bedroom, wondering who he's going to be rooting for this week. What? Who is this guy? Big NZ Nation fan, it seems like. Really dialed in. That was probably like it, maybe four and a half it, years ago we mentioned that. If they could reference the episode. Yeah, what's that episode number so yeah. we could go back? And just fact check. If you can find it, we'll play that. We'll play on, it right here on, on the Wednesday. air. On Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I think it's about that time. I think so. Eric. Yeah, it's about time to shut this down. 
Ben Swanson's starting to let through a lot of the crazies, so it's starting to slip through. Yeah, I don't even, Time I don't even understand that question. I don't have a bedroom. I sleep in the office. <laughs> that doesn't even make point. sense. There were some YouTube comments about trying to get a bicycle from you uh, last week. We'll get into that on Wednesday's show. Yep. We play some voicemails on Wednesday, Phil. We'll play some voicemails. So, uh, for NZ Nation watching right now, this week the schedule is a little bit different. We'll be coming out on Wednesday, getting you ready for Thursday's contest. And then next Monday, see, it's kind of confusing. We'll be because fr- maybe people are expecting Friday. No, 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 no. Next Monday. No, you got plans. We'll be back here. You got a lot of plans. I got plans on Friday to be talking. Broncos. You'll be here. Yeah, yeah. But not doing a show. Not doing a show. Just the show next Monday at five thirty. You got a seat at the bar that legitimately it has your name, name on, on it. it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It's not just taped on there. It's like inscribed. Yeah, yeah. Big Daddy Phil. That's <laughs> what so they call me around here. So. If you, uh, if you come out on Friday, you'll find out why. <laughs> I don't know what that, that means. But. Is that a threat? <laughs> okay, it's time to shut it down. We'll be back next Monday here. That's all, that's all we have to say. So that's going to do it for us. For Ben Swanson, behind the scenes, letting in the comments. Amanda Gerlach. How do you say it, Eric? I think you were you, close. You want Gerlach. Gerlach. For, uh, for Eric Dalal, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.